in a vast landscape full of adventurers. You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Welcome to Chaotic Amateurs, the internet's number one D&D 5e play podcast. I am your DM for seasons four and five, and this is our wrap-up, our final epilogue for the Wolf Packs campaign. Let the epilogue begin. <laughs> uh, so with this, I just want to wrap up the story of the Wolf Pack let you guys know just what happens in the world moving forward. We've heard the individual stories of all of our members, what, what happened with them, their, the past that they took. Uh, this is just a wider angle of Usama in the wastes as they begin to go into the future as of a result of the events from our campaign. The wolf pack came to Usama and uncovered some of the secrets of the wastes, things long forgotten, sealed away by the mages. And is there the wolf pack's actions that helped to discover the truth of the wastes, the lost technology that it held, why the mages kept it secret and kept anyone else away. It was so that they could control it themselves. But now with the mages gone and the secrets of the wastes open to everyone, all kinds of factions have come down and tried to angle for that power. In the kingdom of Usama, the treaty was broken and the citizens of Usama began facing struggles on all fronts. The Dragon Council started to reclaim territory that they had once held, that Usama had began creating, that had the that Usama had cities on, had had claimed to it in these treaties. Uh, the Fey folk and fairies began making deals once again with mortals, stealing away their names and children. The vampires of the Crimson Vale slithered their way back into the noble houses of Usama, where they would hide in plain sight, doing their business as vampires do. Gord's warriors were trained to deal with the most obvious of these dangers, but fell short in controlling these more subtle and insidious actions against the people of Usama. The bulk of the political and military force was focused not on protecting the nation, the kingdom of Usama, but more on the wastes and the lost technology there that was beginning to be uncovered. The Tower of Chaos was secured, and other sites the mages used to gain power were taken as well. This was all under the watchful eye of the king's new advisor, the one that had helped secure victory against the mages. A once apprentice to the mages, 
Morgan, who the wolf pack knew as an odd tavern keeper of the Falling Star Inn, where they all met that first fateful night. Morgan led the king and his forces to the mage's final tower, the nexus of all the energy that they could collect from the wastes, the power of Aether. Using that lost technology, Morgan, confident in his ability to control the magic, gave his final gift to the king for rescuing him from the mages. He used the rod that he had stolen from the mages in a ritual with the Tower of the Mages to perform a ritual to unleash the power of Aether and control it to create a new kingdom in the wastes. Instead of in the craggy hills and forests and valleys of Usama, Morgan wanted to create a brand new city kingdom of technology. What happened next came to be known as the Aether event. Not being able to control the power, the wastes grew immediately from an eruption of growth. Forests and swamps and rivers, changes in landscapes, all manner of animal came rushing into existence by the power stored in the mage's tower. And so now the waste sit as an uncontrolled wild landscape. The spirits that the mages had bound into servitude were unleashed and filled with anger for their captors who were long gone, but their madness was turned towards anyone wanting to control what they wanted. The landscapes now shift with the mood of the animals and plants and spirits around them, changing day to day. Some of the elves of Galandor, who did not leave into the Feywild, have wandered here and traveled the landscapes, remembering the old magics they once knew. They're trying to find peace in this chaos and trying to shape the balance that's needed to control or to live in a place powered by the Aether. It'll take time, but that's something that they have, and they will try to convey to others. The dragons of the council, on the other hand, have found homes in some of these landscapes of the wastes. They bend the chaos and the magic of this place to their will and create layers, hordes for themselves. This place of raw power, they are able to contend with the angry beasts and spirits, although dangerous to most mortals, are not to the great dragons of the council. The communities along the edge of the wastes has found some profit in the bounty and splendor just outside their doorstep. The Port of Stone now ships exotic goods out from their port, 
only taking what they need to under the watchful eye of the Gorgons atop the cliff. After the Aether event, the kingdom of Ustama was left vulnerable. Losing their king, the treaty abandoned, and their military and arcane powers weak, the cities had to fend for themselves. The kingdom of Usama is returning to what it once was before the colonies, before the mages, before the mortal races tried to lay, lay claim to the land and its bounty. The city of Turlin is undergoing its own changes. It's the neighboring city the wolf packs spent most of their uh, time in. It was once a hub of commerce for Usuma. When the treaty was abandoned, they negotiated the training of Kord's warriors through the wolf pack. And as the need grew, Kord's Coliseum grew as well into a training grounds for all those who wanted to make coin as protectors. But after the event, after the Aether event, they began to slowly be cut off from the capital and the other cities of Usuma. And with this, the Lord and the Lady of Turlin took it on themselves to recall all of Kord's warriors and keep them as defense for their town, offering safety to the people who would enter. The vampires and fairies and dragons would have to contend with warriors trained on how to fight them did not make them an appetizing target. So Turlin became a haven for those left behind. The chateau itself lives as a training grounds and a library for monster hunting. Cirx has employed a few other sub-librarians and has helped to bridge the relationship between the Black Wolf and the people of Turlin. The Black Wolf protects the forest protects those within and the people of Turlin do the same for the forest as for our heroes you've heard their stories as they set off for new adventures I'm sure from time to time they find their way back to familiar territory at the chateau or Turlin or the wastes hopefully we'll see them reunite with those they miss, but they still have stories to tell out there in the world, and we hope them each the best. There's always more story to tell. We're never quite finished with what we want to do. And with that, we close the chapter on the wolf pack and the story of the wastes and of Usama, of the black wolf and of Strix of Adrian the dragon, of Eben the genie, and all the other characters we've met along the way. I want to say thank you to everyone that's listened uh, and enjoyed the uh, game that we have played. It has been absolutely fantastic. So much fun to play with this group of, group of guys uh, and, and create this story that we have. Um, I'm excited to see what we do in the future. Uh, I'm I'm happy we we found an ending to this this campaign. Like so many D and D campaigns, they 
can sometimes come to a, a close, come to a finish all at once. And that's what happened for us here. I will always remember these characters, these play, the, the, these players have, have created each one. So interesting and so unique. Uh, and again, I want to thank you for listening and enjoy and enjoying the story that we've told for you. Okay. Grab your swords, key mod adventure. And after that stirring farewell to the world of Haven and to our season five campaign arc, Alex is uh, with me here in chaotic amateur studios to issue a farewell to the podcast uh kind of as a whole and that was it i mean that was the end of chaotic amateurs alex had the final say as the dm should now when i say it's the end of chaotic amateurs i should say that it's the end of chaotic amateurs as you know it because no, it's certainly not going to be the last that you're going to hear from any of us. No, it's just the end of Chaotic Amateurs as it currently stands. When we started this show, it was almost five years ago. And there was like no Dungeons and Dragons podcasts on the internet. I mean, there was a few. There was like Sneak Attack was really huge. Uh, but like they were not even the, the like they had just passed like episode 50 or something like that. Obviously, critical role, critical role in sneak attack started the same year, I think, which is kind of interesting to think about. And so I think like something like sneak attack, which is obviously a great show, it got huge, it blew up and became what it was because there wasn't that many. Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And we struck shortly after they did. There wasn't that many, but we weren't thinking about that necessarily. No, we just were three friends at the time, three independent, separate podcasters doing our own thing. He wanted to come together and play Dungeons and Dragons. And like every new Dungeons and Dragons group, we had like the youthful sort of excitement you know, that every, every group gets when they start, it's like, we're going to play weekly sessions. They're going to be hours long and we're going to be recording them. So the whole world, they're going to be exposed to our genius through the introduction of our own homebrew content. We are going to redefine this. Get- no, I don't know how far we were thinking of that, you know, but when we really started, none of us had that much experience with D&D 5e. Um, we came to the game with varying levels of experience with different systems but like every D group things were never like that easy right like scheduling becomes a challenge we lost a player very early on boz who is responsible like single-handedly responsible in the few episodes that he was in for some of the biggest laughs i've ever had on this show and we swat we switched things up when they started to get a little stale and I stepped out of the DM role and Bentley stepped into it and Boz stepped away. And then we brought in Milo and then we brought in Dash and then we brought in Alex, you know, and then, and then of course, Alex was so fun to have DM. We made him our DM. 
you know, these are the things that I think that every Dungeons and Dragons group or any tabletop role-playing group sort of goes through. And ultimately, the end result has been amazing, even through some of the struggles of keeping our scheduling, losing players, bringing in new players and shaking up the dynamic. Like we have had regular routine sessions for five years. Like how many tabletop groups can say the same thing? We have got to tell we've got to tell you all some epic fucking stories some personal stories some some scary stories some personal sad moving stories but we've also told a lot of silly ones we've laughed a lot we've had a great time i would say the most common way for a dnd group to end is to just simply like never schedule another game again like alex was just saying They just fizzle out. People go their separate ways and maybe you get tired and somebody else starts a different group or they join a different group. Yet another boon to us, we got to avoid the fate of so many D&D groups by fleshing out these epilogues one at a time. And then we even get an epilogue for the world of Haven. At least the world of, of Haven as it stands after the wolf pack goes their separate ways. I mean. Again, how many D&D groups get to say the thing, say that, you know? But look, like I said, we're making it all sound sad. Oh, D&D group's amazing thing. And we've beat the odds. You know, we've overcome so many hardships and all this sort of stuff. And all that's true. But look, like, we're not dying. We're not going anywhere necessarily. In fact, you're going to be able to find our next endeavor right in the same place, the same website, chaoticamateurs.com. It's called The Inn at the End. And you can also go to theinnattheend.com or find that on your favorite uh, podcast apps. We didn't want to necessarily stop playing D&D. So going forward, you're going to be hearing a lot of familiar voices, save one, Bentley is going to be moving on and focusing on some of his own projects. You can find his new podcast, uh, Christmas Story Minute, where he watches a minute of a Christmas story and talks about it every single day. He's got podcasts ranging like 10 to 20 minutes every single day where you can talk about a Christmas story. Um, But he's also always busy doing other stuff. He's a voice actor. He's writing songs. He's writing a Christmas movie. So he's not disappearing forever. You can find him over there. But that is sort of the reason why Chaotic Amateurs is kind of drawing the curtain down. Because Chaotic Amateurs, in its earliest form, in its purest form, it was me, Rhett, Caleb, and Bentley. Like I said before, three independent podcasters who knew each other tangentially through our work, who wanted to just play Dungeons and Dragons. But you can hear from episode one, Bentley's unique touch throughout every episode. The opening thing that you hear 
is Bentley's voice, Bentley's music, Bentley's sound effects, and by golly, his tangential jokes that we all would get in on. He is so integral and so important to what Chaotic Amateurs is that there is simply no Chaotic Amateurs without him. So that's why we're pulling the brakes. We're shifting over to the in at the end, which, at least for the time being, is going to take the form of Dungeons and Dragons vignettes. Things that we've always wanted to explore, explored deeply and aggressively in short one-shot adventures. You know, round-robin DM style. And next week, you're going to hear mine. And that's going to be, you know, maybe a month to two months of episodes for you. And when that wraps up, you're going to hear the next player's uh, take on, uh, you know, an aggressively short and fun classic D&D adventure. So far, we've been having a lot of fun. We think that you all are going to enjoy it and have a lot of fun as well, or we wouldn't be doing it this way. We would just play it by ourselves, you know, over a table with no microphones in our face. Um, But we think you all are going to really enjoy it. We think that you all are going to have a sense of that classic chaotic amateurs feel while sort of being able to enjoy something that is new, that is fresh. You don't necessarily have to get invested in it the same way. The number of people that said, man, Chaotic Amateur season five, like, where do I start? You know, well, at least for the time being, these are going to be one shots. You can jump in, see if you like it. If not, go to the next one. And we hope you do enjoy it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But for all time, Chaotic Amateurs will be on the Internet in the same place that you're going to find the end at the end. And you can go back and you can listen We have our podcast divided on the website into story arc. Those are always going to be there for you if you'd like to go listen to them. And who knows? We may revisit that someday at different varying points. Milo and I are doing uh, one-shot adventures with our, our seasons two and three characters that will be available for your listening pleasure shortly. We think you guys are going to enjoy that too. So I just want to thank you all, like Alex was saying, from the bottom of my heart, this has been five years of my life. But most importantly, it has been five years of regular routine Dungeons & Dragons with some of the best friends that I have made in my adult life. Um, we've told epic stories and laughed heartily. We've drank a lot of beer, a lot of monsters, a lot of LaCroix. Uh, before COVID, we ate a lot of food, a lot of homemade food. Freaking meatballs from Bentley's Crock-Pot, a lot of homemade baked goods from Caleb Hood's spouse. Um, And ultimately, you know, we're going to have those memories forever. We hope that uh, you all enjoy the sort of eternal immortalization of them on the Internet. But perhaps you can walk into the end at the end next week, pull up a chair, grab a a beer, listen to the bards sing a tale and uh, enjoy the stories we tell over there. All righty, adventurers, you know what to do. We'll see you over there.